Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to the B-Side Boys Podcast with your hosts, Mr. Gray and Philly V. That's right, my name is Mr. Gray. I'm Philly V. And welcome to the B-Side Boys Podcast here today on Tuesday. So yeah, we got a full show today. Phil, how are we feeling? Feeling pretty good. Feeling better than I did this morning when I woke up, but that's a talk for another time. <laughs> yeah, and actually pretty soon because we want to start off by saying thank you to our sponsors of today's show, Central City Liquors. You can find them downtown Des Moines. They are the home of the 10% cash coupon. Make sure next time you go into Central City Liquors, you say something about the B-Side Boys podcast and the West Des Moines Wombats, and you can get 15% off of Knob Creek Single Barrel Select Bourbon. You can only find it at Central City Liquors. Yeah, it's a pretty great single barrel. I started off with it last night just to get my night going. You know, it's a really good uh, bourbon for, like, if you like old fashions. I'm a big old-fashioned guy. Manhattans are good with it, too. Um, and right now, me and Mr. Gray are just drinking it on the rocks, and it is delicious. Cheers, Phil. Definitely. On the rocks. Mm. Yeah, no, it's got a nice, full flavor. Those roasted apples, the banana bread kind of cinnamon flavor mm -hmm. to it. After a long, hard day, it's nice to have. Or like Phil, great way to start the night, too. Yeah. So, yeah, let's it's... get into last night, Phil. How was it? <laughs> oh, it was pretty good. I mean, you know, uh, one of the gals who actually made our retro logo was having a bar crawl. So we participated in that a little bit and met up with some of the city boys and got a little rough and rowdy. But, you know, we're all good this morning. Looks like all the guys are and girls are moving and doing stuff this morning already, so that's good. <laughs> that's that's good to hear. Drinking responsibly, being oh, yeah. safe on the town, having fun, the city boys and city girls. So. It's a safe fun, but, you know, I'm starting to realize that I might be getting a little older and I can't quite hang like I used to because a few weeks I turned 30, so... <laughs> Yeah, uh, slow down. <laughs> party bus, like I hear the word party bus and I instantly think like, that sounds fun, and then I think of, it'll take me three days to recover from that. Oh, minimum. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm going to have a nice glass of Knob Creek bourbon uh, at home. You know, if I go to Central City Liquors, mention the B-Side Boys, uh, get 15% off. That's a $49.99 bottle of liquor there, but they will drop it down to $42.49 if you mention the B-Side Boys. So make sure you get there. Uh, a lot of rugby coming up here soon. We have the CRC Made Madness coming up, Phil. Uh, we talked about it a little bit last time, but there's so much Iowa connections oh, so to this much. tournament down in New Orleans. Uh, it'll be on the CBS Sports Network for many of the matches. Mm -hmm. So we're going to kind of run through some of the teams here, what to look for. Uh, just, again, a lot of Iowa connections. Uh, starting off in the small college division, we have Wayne State out of Nebraska. A couple of guys from the Des Moines East High School team. Uh, Javier Luong and Joe Dow, uh, they played for the Wombats last yeah. summer. They come up or they actually were up here pretty recently too to play touch with us right before they actually uh, went and won that uh, on qualifier. Actually. Yeah, the yeah. old Minnesota Sevens. So they yeah. got first place. I looked at their roster too. 
a lot of guys from Nebraska, a lot of guys from South Africa. They have a lot of international players. So uh, really pulling for Wayne State there uh, for those two guys. And then we have Central College out of Pella. So they finished in second place to get the at-large bid. And they're actually coached by Ben Pinkelman, who is a USA Sevens player. They announced that on Facebook at the start of the spring season. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, and a lot of virtual training sessions, probably tough, but... Man, what a wealth of knowledge that you have a guy who's played for USA Sevens coming to help a small college out of Pella. Uh, really excited to see what they do. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's going to be really exciting. Um, actually, Sam Kruger, I think, is on the team still, too, currently with Central, right? Am I remember that correctly? I will have to get a hold of him. Yeah, I might have to talk to him. I think he's playing still. Yeah, he's a, he's a tank. He he's played for us, and then he played fall season with the Cedar Rapids Headhunters. Mm. I mean, that's a guy who could play any position because he's just so physical. And then we move into the Division Two men's division, uh, University of Northern Iowa. Yeah, I'm wearing my uh, UNI, one of my UNI shirts, at least, that I you know acquired over the summer from the boys. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's going to be exciting to see them because we actually got to help them out um, right before they, well, I guess it's hard to say help them out because, you know, they just kind of kick their ass all Phil, time. they're better than us. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's the thing. Um, yeah, no, they came to uh, Des Moines and got a couple sevens matches in with us before the uh, qualifier. And man, I was extremely impressed what I was seeing when we were playing against them. They just have some tremendous athletes. I mean, Gentry Stack and David Randall just really kind of helped complete that team. And they're just freshmen. And they got some outstanding seniors right now that are, you know, finishing out the year. Stack, Stack is a sophomore. Is he a sophomore? Yeah, I'm pretty I sure he's a, a year, he's a year older. Really? Yeah. Okay. COVID messed us all up. But yeah, the athleticism of those two, along with everybody else that they have. I, I'm really excited to see what Coach Jesus Ramirez does with those guys. They won the Great Midwest Tournament yeah. to get that auto bid. They will face the University of Massachusetts Lowell, St. Louis, and Georgetown in pool play, which I think is pretty favorable. Duluth, wow. Whitewater, and Principia, the Thunder Chickens. Uh, and then Norwich, who they faced yeah. in the D215s tournament, mm. will all be... In that bracket as well, yeah. so not in pool play. Uh, I think they make it out of pool play, and they've got some tough matches, but they've they've gotten past Duluth and Whitewater. Uh, Principia is always tough, and Norwich was tough. I like their odds. I mean, we're biased. Being biased, <laughs> uh, there's a good shot we could see Northern Iowa with a sevens national title. Oh, that'd be uh, awesome. That'd be oh so cool. The party would be pretty fun. Too. It would. <laughs> yeah. So, and I'm just gonna say too, when they came down and we played them. I mean, toot my own horn, that pop kick. Oh. <laughs> that was pretty impressive. They thought, you know, 300-pound scrum half on a penalty. <laughs> they thought I was going to run into contact. All of them came forward, popped it over beautifully, perfectly. Um, I just kicked it a half inch too far out of my reach. Uh, hopefully those boys, they take that with them. But like I said, I don't know. I think you and I has got a great shot. Moving into Division One Club Women's. Iowa State, coached by Kelsey McDowell, who will be our next guest after Andrew Ridgeway. Uh, they earned their bid by winning the Midwest Conference number one. You and I is in the Midwest for mm. women's, but they're in the Premier Division. Uh, they beat teams such as Wisconsin and Winona. They will play against Wisconsin Stevens Point, Indiana University, Purdue University, and then Kent State. So Kent State, that's a an opponent they've seen many times. I know Kelsey's been working really hard to build that program up. And they're really excited for the opportunity to play on the national stage. Uh, then that takes us to the men's premier D1. 
You got Iowa State and Iowa Central. Iowa State coached by Ant Frine. They brought back Jordan Sanderson and Jacob Sunday to help coach. When I saw that announcement on Facebook, I thought they were going to play for them again. Oh, I, I know, right? <laughs> I thought they found like a COVID year for them, but those guys played big minutes for them a year ago. Coming back to help coach this team, uh, I talked to Ant Frine. You know, I asked him, you know, what coming out of the collegiate sevens tournament the week before, lost to Harvard, ended up finishing fourth in the country there. You know, what are you looking forward to? And he said, you know, the first thing, they're going to be on TV, the CBS uh, Sports Network for that first match. They're extremely excited to face a tough squad in Louisville. They think they have a great shot. And Ant Frein has wanted to build a program where you can go to a big university, it's a club sport, but you still get the experience that other big-name rugby programs get. Mm -hmm. And that's what he's doing. He's putting these kids on a club team on a national stage. And that, that's his biggest sense of pride. I think Ant Frein is one of those coaches that works harder than anybody else to get his kids the exposure and the experiences. So hats off to him. He's always recruiting. They've got a lot of high school uh, players from the state of Iowa, but they also have guys from out of state because he's making Iowa State a place that you want to go to. Then after that, we also have Iowa Central, coached by Brent Nelson and Joe Lippert. They play Iona. Javier. Shout out some players that you think are going to show up and show out this weekend, or coming up at the CRCs. I definitely have to mention the Iowa boys on this team. You have Dakota Southworth, nicknamed Chuck, Chuck. after Chuck Liddell, a big influence on him. He's from uh, Cedar Falls. He's he's and he's a monster on the pitch. He's definitely gonna he's definitely gonna be very helpful. And then you also have Dylan Johnson out of Norwalk. He's a he's also a beast. And then you actually. There's one more player that I'd want to give a shout out to, and that's Andre Greenup. He actually played at uh, he played at McKendry before transferring to Iowa Central, and he and he was being heavily looked at while at McKendry. So to have him is truly special. You also have uh, Matt Searles Davis out of the Fort the Fort Dodge Stags, coached by Tom McClyman. Go Stags! Go Stags, baby! And uh, you also have Gus Sokol out of Oregon, and then you have. Uh, Aiden Farrell, nicknamed Faz out of Wisconsin. He he played scrum half for the Iowa Central 15s, and he was a phenomenal player. So I feel like Iowa Central is going to go pretty far in this tournament. They have they're stacked. They have these boys have a lot of heart, and it's going to be truly something special to see. Mm-hmm. You know, not to get too off topic, but I just love that you shouted out uh, Chuck. I love that. Oh god, that meme that you made of me, Mr. Gray, of Chuck running me down. I still never forget that breakaway run, and then him chasing me down from behind and getting me. And every time I see Chuck, he makes fun of me for it. I mean, <laughs> it's a great photo because literally, it, it, it was a sevens tournament, and I was seven series up in Waverly, Bremer County was hosting, and you can just see Phil. And Phil, you have a great uh, stature, but you just got these little strong legs, and you can see this big smile on your face. And you turn, and you're looking back, and it's this. Oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. He, <laughs> yeah. Like, he's coming, and you have a smile on your face. Like, you know it's coming. Oh, and uh, it, it's perfect. And yeah, that was one thing we did with the Wombats. We're like, you know how we can get interaction? Let's make memes. Just and, make fun of our own guys. <laughs> and Phil, I'm sorry, but you're really easy to make fun of. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> oh. Oh. Uh, it's been my entire rugby career I've had to deal with it. <laughs> your entire life. Basically. No. <laughs> now, and then so moving into. The D1 Women's Premier, you have 
the University of Iowa Hawkeyes, coached by Kathleen O'Neill. Uh, formerly, uh, Jim Estes was coaching there. And then this past year, Kathleen, she took over. I met her a couple times at the women's or the girls' high school events when I was coaching Roosevelt. And I love what they're doing there, too. I mean, they are in that Midwest division. They're always looking for tough competition. And they're always looking to punch up and compete with the best. I mean, that's why they're showing up here. And so it's exciting because sometimes um, I have one former player, uh, Katie Brandt from Roosevelt, who plays for Iowa now. It's just great to see that they're growing and they want to be at the highest level. So good luck to Iowa. And then we have the University of Northern Iowa, coached by Megan Flanagan. Uh, Maggie Burns is the leader of that team. If you watched the selection show for the CRC, Everybody was talking about Maggie Burns and how well she played last year and how big of a leader she was for the team in 15s. I know she's being heavily recruited by multiple WPL teams for after mm. her time at UNI. So really excited to see UNI go against some of the top teams in the country like Lindenwood Life, Penn State. Will they have a shot to upset someone? I mean, I think I think so. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, they, are, they always got a little like trick or two in the bag. I mean... And- you and I, the women's team's always been phenomenal. Like, yeah. I don't even ever remember a time where they weren't good, yeah. honestly. Yeah, from, I mean, when we were there and Seed Murrah was the coach, yeah. the, the, the bar was set high, even as oh, yeah. a club, and they're still a club. They operate as if they are a varsity team. They put oh, in yeah. that work, and, and the results are there. Well, I see some of the girls, too, that uh, the, they're always having, like, posts of them, like, in the weight room and stuff like that. They're always, like, doing more than just practicing on the pitch. You know, they're putting in that work, you know, off the field, too, which is impressive. You don't see that out of a lot of club teams. I, they do a lot more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so really excited for the CRCs. Make sure you check that out next weekend or this upcoming weekend. Yeah. Uh, it'll be on the CBS network. We'll be sharing links about it. And, you know, it's just a really fun time of year. You're crowning national champions all over the place. Mm-hmm. Speaking of national champions, we're filming this on Sunday. And the club national championships were today. In the Division Three bracket, Palm Beach Rugby defeated Union County out of North Jersey, is what they called it. Uh, they whooped them. There was a red card early. There was another yellow card, and the back line for Palm Beach, they just destroyed them. So the West Moines Wombats, we are a D3 club, so we're interested in this. But not only are we interested because that's the level we play, but also because a former original West Moines Wombat, Luke Schmidt, who played his high school rugby at Urbandale, he played with the Ankeny Assholes. He's played, I mean, he's if you're in Iowa, he's played for you. He played for the Bucks for a little bit. He's played for Des Moines. He was one of the guys who helped start the West Moines Wombats, and then he got a job down in Florida, moved down there, and Luke Schmidt is a national champion. So we're going to call Luke right now. We're going to get an instant reaction. Let's see how he's doing. Uh, Phil, what's he up to? Uh, well, last time I saw, you know, they're having a couple drinks, celebrating, you know, taking some pretty uh, ridiculous pictures with that trophy. <laughs> I'm a little jealous, but I'm also really, really happy for Luke. I Honestly, him and Tim have been talking about winning a national championship, like, since he moved to Florida, and, like, it's just so cool to see it all come to fruition. Like, I'm excited to hear from him, and I think we're going to give him a call right now. So let's see if he picks up. Luke, what's up, man? Billy V, what's up? Oh, uh, we're just doing the podcast right now. How you feeling? Is it live? 
We're it's live. live yeah. Welcome to the B-Side Boys. Congratulations. We have Thank national you. champion Luke Schmidt. An initial reaction. How you feeling, Luke? Uh, honestly, man, it's crazy. Because uh, after the game, I didn't feel anything. And then we went to the hotel courtroom, like, outside yard. And we started celebrating, uh, popping champagne and all that. And then it hit me. And I'm coming off the high right now, man. Like, it's just crazy. Dude. Yeah, that's, that is just... I just, it's so, like, surreal that you guys are national champions. I just, it's hard to, like, yeah. wrap my head around it, honestly. Like, because you and Tim, I was just talking about it on the podcast, but you and Tim, you know, were talking about when we were down there about winning a national title, and it's just like, okay, yeah, cool, and then, boom, yeah. here we go. Yeah, it's like, every team wants to do that. It's like, it wasn't until we beat the Austin Blacks by, like, seven or eight points where I was like, oh, God, damn, it's like, we're, <laughs> we're making a run. This is it. Yeah, and watching you guys play, I mean, you your backline is so athletic and so shifty. I mean, watching wow. you, you run a very hard 12 crash, and I feel like they, they just kept sending you on that dummy crash line, and then it just opened up all the space for your out center, your wings, your fullback. Uh, it, was, it was a fun brand of rugby to watch, very fast-paced, oh. and teams struggled to keep up. Oh, especially in, this, uh, in the finals game, man, um... It sucks that we won by it, but um, yesterday in the game today, uh, each team got a red card within the first 15 minutes. Uh, some prop high-tackled our flanker twice, and then um, 10 minutes into the day, the third team punched a guy in the face. <laughs> and it's like, dude, this, that's like, what are you doing, man? Like, <laughs> the national championship game. <laughs> yeah, it's like, dude, that dude's, yeah. But. Hey, you know, it's one of those things, like, you did your job. Like, it's it's not their fault they lost their cool and – I mean, if they have a red card, I mean, you'll take it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, my thing is, like, each team had, like, footage of the semifinal game, so it's like they saw how fast our back three and then our out, uh, our outside center Austin, dude, like, he's just as dangerous, man. I'm there to ruck, hit hard lines, and do my job, and those boys make it all happen. Dude, your defense, like, all weekend looked phenomenal. Like, you had some really good tackles. They, you got kind of hose on that poach that you should have had yesterday in that semifinal match, but... Uh, there was another one where uh, they oh, you should have scored that try, yeah. and I came in and uh, touched it down, and they were just like knock, and I was like, "What?" Yeah, that was ridiculous. Yeah. I was just like, oh, "Come on!" But honestly, though, I mean, for a pretty high, I mean, those were pretty good high level serves still. But you know, like, and we're obviously oh, yeah. a little biased too on some of those calls. Like, they might have saw something we didn't, but still. oh yeah, exactly. It's yeah, it's different level. It's like from watching it to like playing in it to like serving it. Like, yeah, you just never know. Definitely. Well, Luke, we don't want to keep you too long. Uh, get back to celebrating. Enjoy it, man. I mean, it's kind of crazy, too, because then you get to go from the national championship back to Florida, and that's, like, just where you live. So that's <laughs> oh, yeah. that's that's pretty awesome. And your mullet looked really good on TV. Oh, uh, of course it does. Of course it does. <laughs> I like, I, Shout out to Nugget for the free, for the free uh, cut. <laughs> <laughs> but I posted, like, the picture side-by-side side of you in Florida and you in Iowa, they're nine months <laughs> apart. It looks like you aged 10 years with that mullet. I love it. <laughs> Dude, I know. I need to get a cut ASAP, man. No, you have to leave it for the entire year. There's there's so many bets I made with people on this team between like, hey, if we win state, I'll get a mullet. Hey, if we win nationals, <laughs> I'll get the crest. And now it's like, Tim's already like, hey, this Friday, you're getting that tattoo. And I'm just like, 
It's like, dude, you're lucky we won this shit. <laughs> otherwise, it would have taken five years. That was a, that was a primary motivation right there for the entire team. Luke needs to get a mullet. Luke needs to get a tattoo. <laughs> There's a bunch of boys on this team who are about to head to the shop. It's goddamn. Oh man! Well, Luke, we love you. Congratulations, man, and uh, enjoy, brother. We'll uh, hopefully we'll see you soon. We need to set up uh, wombats versus the panthers, though, sometime. <laughs> oh, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll meet we'll Tennessee. The D, we'll, we'll throw the D three title on the line. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make it interesting. Bring the trophy. You, this but, time it's personal. But you guys have to come down here. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you at SummerSlam. <laughs> we'll see you at SummerSlam. <laughs> All right, we'll uh, see you, Luke. Thanks for the love, dude. I fucking loved all the shout-outs, all that stuff. Uh, thanks for the support, and uh, way of the wombat, baby. Way of the wombat. wombat. All right, we'll way see you. Love wombat. you, brother. Love you. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, that was Luke Schmidt, newest national champion, the Palm Beach Panthers. Uh, really fun to watch them, but then also at the same time, like Phil was saying, you see him do it, and it's like, well, I want that. So if you want to jump in with the Wombats, hey, let's make a run this fall. That sounds fun. That looks fun. Sounds like he's having fun. Oh, dude, yeah. I'm I'm so happy for him. I didn't know he was going to have to get a tattoo, though. <laughs> yeah. That's really funny because he doesn't have any tattoos yet. So that's going to be good. I'm excited to see that. Well, that's good for him. And just slam your phone on the table, Yeah, Phil. sorry about that. That, that probably <laughs> sounded great. Oh, uh, And then shout out to Jeremy Newman. Uh, he got us and donated a brand new microphone for the podcast, uh, but we don't have an adapter yet. Javi, our producer, um, he <laughs> dropped drop the bag. The <laughs> no, he didn't drop the ball. He dropped the bag. Again. Uh, again. But hey, it's a, it's a learning process. We are learning. We are going to get better. We appreciate all the feedback everyone's given to us. We hear you. We want to make this fun for everybody. So we will continue to keep improving. But moving on next... We have our interview with the head coach of the West Moines Wombats, Andrew Ridgeway. Javi, play the music. Go! I know that whole tracksuit deal, but I think I'm going to donate it to the um, Valley team, and it's going to be like their man of the tournament trophy type oh, deal. Tra- like a traveling thing. Yeah. yeah. It looks ridiculous. Yeah. So, tracksuit Phil, look for that this <laughs> this coming summer. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna definitely do that. Definitely. Oh, we're recording right now. Okay, <laughs> sweet. Yeah, that's, there's gonna be a cut there, and we're gonna do what you wanted to do. That's how it's gonna start. One that's thing perfect. I want to say about uh, Luke Schmidt before we get going on the high school rugby stuff is that that is the most stone faced rugby player I've ever seen in my life. Like, oh, you, ever, yeah. you guys ever seen pictures of him while he's playing? Like, he looks, like, so oh. bored with everything that he's doing. I think it's just a weird uh, killer mode that he has going, like, you know, just Like, everything. he's so focused, yeah, he's just, laser focused. Yeah, tunnel vision the whole time. His face is so calm and bored. So that's, like, really funny that you bring up faces because you are known for making the best <laughs> faces on a rugby pitch. Where I remember Des Moines Rugby did that thing when you were playing with Des Moines where they photoshopped a photo and there's like, eight people in the photo and they put your face on everyone and like as I go through photos your wife takes amazing photos for us and somehow you look like you're giving 110% and just like contorting your face like every pass is just like like every tackle everything over exaggeration Uh, yeah and I don't like so Luke are you saying that about Luke because that's how you want your face to be when you play 
I thought it was hilarious how he looks like he's showing no effort, and me on the totally opposite end of the spectrum. I look like I'm putting in so much effort that it's painful, but never has it looked cool. Nobody has an awesome profile picture of them playing rugby with like a really stern face, like focusing super hard, and I look ridiculous. I can't make any of them my picture. Dude, my favorite one that I've ever had is still that one when I uh, we were doing Toys for Tots, and I got that big old gash in my eye or whatever, and I had this shit grin on my face walking off the field, my face is covered in blood. That one was pretty cool. I like that one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, everyone's got to have their, their profile picture-worthy one. So I appreciate your wife always being there. And so we, we are in the interview portion of the show, brought to you by Central City Liquors. You can find them downtown. Make sure you head down there to grab a bottle of Knob Creek Single Barrel Select Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. When you mention the B-Side Boys podcast, they will give you 15% off. That's going to take you from $49.99 to $42.49. So if you need a nice bourbon to sit back, kick back, relax after a hard day's work, go to Central City Liquor, pick this up, mention our name, and you will have a nice glass to enjoy. Cheers, Phil. So we are with Andrew Ridgeway. The head coach of the West Des Moines Wombats, he also oversees all rugby operations for Valley High School Rugby, boys and girls. He still plays rugby. He He's a man of many hats. Andrew, how you doing today? Real great, real great. Excited to be here with Philly V, Mr. Gray, and the Hoagie Hammer. <laughs> the Hoagie Hammer, yeah. <laughs> what, what's awesome about that is, like, I feel like for the Wombats, we don't have a lot of nicknames yet. yet. But the fact that you, like, brought your own, like, you are, Javi, the Hoagie Hammer. That's honestly one of the very few, like, you usually can't give yourself a nickname, but that one is just so perfect. I just don't, I don't, you gotta I, accept it. You have to yeah, own that one. I see it as a blessing and a curse, and I know it's something I'm gonna have to accept. So, <laughs> yeah, from now on, I am the Hoagie Hammer, and alongside my sidekick, Brent Nelson, the Glizzy Goblin. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the thing, if you have a nickname, you have a place. I mean, you're you're not going anywhere. You are the Hoagie Hammer. Um, so, Ridgeway, uh, first start off. You're the head coach of the West Wind Wombats. You know, last year when we started, we were very unorganized because we were just trying to find our footing. Uh, an early injury uh, over the summer had you take a step back from playing, and then you filled in as the head coach, and I think that really helped us out. How has that transition been for you? And also, how have you, how has that affected the club in your eyes? Well, first of all, I'll probably never play sevens again because I always get hurt playing sevens. Because um, it's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> when you're old, when you're old. Yeah, there's always a young kid that's kind of blindsided you, and then it just it's no no good from there. Anyway, so uh, when I got hurt, I was like, oh, maybe I need to take a step back from rugby. And then um, I took a few weeks off, and then I was like, oh, I can't do this. I really define myself as a rugby player. And I was like, well, I still have had a headache for two weeks, so <laughs> I need to get back into rugby but not play well, we need somebody to make subs on the sidelines. I figure that could be me. And so we didn't really have a coach at the time. It helps to have somebody that's kind of like in charge, running the show at practice, keeping the boys kind of moving and organized. So I kind of took that upon myself. And it's been uh, fun at times, a struggle at others. Um, yeah, overall, a positive experience. Um, yeah, I think yeah. when I think of when you first became coach, you know, before actually you became coach, we had this mindset of, oh, we have over 10, 12 guys with high level rugby experience. Mm -hmm. We can be a community of coaches. We can all help the new guys. But that lack of one singular voice on the sideline really was difficult for young guys to kind of find their place. And then there was no pecking order. There was no, hey, who's making the decision here? 
So it's good to have that wealth of knowledge, but it's even better to have, okay, we need a singular voice, crunch time, who are we listening to? And I feel like that guidance has really helped our club find more structure. And especially, again, like you said, learning pains. To have a peer to go from player to coach is very difficult. I know in the fall, that's tough to be like, hey, you were my teammate now you are in charge of practice plans been uh, teammates for years that's well, the other thing that's well, weird you know like we've had teammates for god i mean almost a decade yeah almost a decade. eight years so like, yeah, 10 years kinda, yeah it's different but like i like having you as a coach i mean like and you know having somebody kind of give us direction and you know the structure of the plans is everything you do like has been really helpful and like things we've implemented i've really actually enjoyed a lot so yeah what's really tough is to decide how much to be authoritative versus knowing you guys are grown adults and can handle yourselves. Like, how much do I want to push you guys and organize you versus basically just being the guy that's kind of coming up with a plan and then making subs on a day. Like, I often thought back to the way that you took over, Mr. Gray, the uh, the UNI club back in the day when you had graduated but were still hanging around in Cedar Falls um, and how it was definitely hard for you at times to coach guys that you had played with. And I know I personally gave you some lift back in the day. <laughs> when you, I was playing and you were coaching, and I was like, oh, I played with this guy. Like, I don't want him telling me what to do. Like, <laughs> he didn't know more than me. And so I, I definitely uh, had some sympathy for your situation back in the day, especially this last fall. It was, uh, it was pretty tough. But things have gotten a lot smoother this spring, kind of like learning my place as um, – you know, a lot of the guys on the team have been playing just as long as I do. They know just as much as me, and I think just kind of knowing my role and where to stay in my lane, uh, learning that's been really important. Yeah, I, I was 23 when that happened, so yeah. definitely I made a lot of mistakes, and it was very difficult. And so I, I like what you said, too, about how learning your role, and we've talked about as the Wombats, you know, we want to compete when we're on the field, but we also want to be social. Finding that balance has been key for every single person, like, I mean, a lot of our guys do hands-on jobs. They're mm. they're in an environment where they're being told what to do by other adults or they're telling other people what to do all day. Yeah. The last thing we want is, hey, come to practice where I'm going to scream at you for 90 minutes because you didn't run the defensive line. You Your structure wasn't right. You know, no one wants that, but we do want to get better. So mm. how do you really find that balance, just trial and error, or what's that look like? So that was kind of tough to come up with something that worked. I know, so like you said, a lot of the guys... Um, deal with people all day that are telling them what to do or they deal with kids that are living back to them all day and I know a lot of guys like not just the teachers on the team but guys who work in other jobs where they have to deal with you know difficult people they don't want to come somewhere where they're going to have friction with somebody at the end of the day so I think the thing that I had to learn um, was delegation more than anything I have to talk to the guys that are leaders on the field first of all and say hey this is what I think we should be doing from a grand scheme sort of perspective and then how you want to implement that is kind of up to you. I think of myself as more of a strategist than a tactician. Like I can tell the back line, hey, off of set pieces, we kind of want to go in this direction. We want to hit middle of the field or we want to hit wide. How they go about that, how they want to execute that plan is kind of up to them from there. And I, I can tell the pack, hey, we want to have this many guys in this pot in the center of the field and we need certain guys out wide. How you come to those positions is more up to you. And I definitely keep try to keep my hands out of things that I don't know anything about, like lineouts <laughs> and scrums. I just say, you guys have got that handled. we got a, got a lot of good leaders in the pack. The back line sometimes needs a little bit more direction. I mean, as you guys know, that's where the newer guys tend to end up. And so 
I like to kind of focus more on the back three, those kind of guys. Mm -hmm. um, the centers and fly outs usually have got it figured out. So yeah, just keeping my hands off as much as I can mm -hmm. while still kind of directing the overall flow of practice mm -hmm. I think is the best thing that I've come up with. Yeah, I think when you think of our practices, how they go, we like to keep them light, but we like to keep moving. Yeah. And I think once you took over, you could really feel like the pace was a high tempo, mm. but yet there was that room for people to do things how they wanted to do them. And I think it's helped us as a team. Everyone's kind of finding their roles. I mean, our club is only a year and a half old now. Mm. You know, people are finding those roles and you've given us structure to be where, where people fall in line in those roles. And so speaking of like a facilitator as well, you are the director of operations for Valley High School Boys and Girls Rugby. So you were coaching the girls team. You were coaching the boys team. You took a step back from coaching. Now you're kind of overseeing the tournaments and making sure the clubs have, a, have funds. What does that look like in the high school game? So going now away from the men's club, now high school, what does that look like? So high school is different from a men's club in that you don't have players on your team that you can really rely on to handle more of the adult type of things that you need for a club. So on a men's club, you have people that can handle transportation and socials and organizing referees and all of that. Mm -hmm. And so coaching a high school team, you need, you need to take charge of the nitty gritty details. And that's where I think dividing the labor has been really good for us. So I, over the past six or so years of coaching, have been able to kind of streamline the process of how to run a team. Um, but then the day-to-day -day coaching stuff, I think you need somebody that has a lot of fire for it and coaching the girls and the boys at the same time for you know several straight years. It takes a toll on you. And so uh, this past year, we got Parker Cyper in there coaching mm -hmm. the, uh, the boys, yep. and he brought a lot of good energy. And I think we got a couple of new guys taking over this yep. next spring. We've got a new coach for the girls. And that's really exciting. Yeah. And I really would like to just handle the nitty-gritty details mm. for them about how to run tournaments, taking care of their funding, that sort of stuff, so that they can just focus on coaching. Because mm. it is a lot to go out there three, four, five days a week and take care of those kids for two hours. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's a lot on you. And then dealing with, like, paperwork on top of that's no good. So mm. I just want to keep the clubs up and running and, and do my part, even though I've taken a half step back from the day-to-day -day coaching on that side. Yeah, I think that's a big thing that it's so hard for people when it's like we want to grow rugby in the state of Iowa we want more high school clubs we have a lot of people who know the game mm. but they're afraid to take on that coaching role not because they're afraid to coach mm. but because of the admin side dealing with the Iowa Youth Rugby Association they don't even know what that looks like how do I get funds how do I get jerseys how do I get players you for Valley I think it's going to like we're going to see it over the course of the next few years you are allowing coaches to coach. They can put all their time and effort into coaching. You deal with all the back-end stuff, the, the not fun stuff. But because you're not there day-to-day -day coaching, it allows, you know, you don't get burnout from it. And you can still see the, the fruit of the labor. You are still there seeing the teams compete on Friday night for the boys, Monday night on the girls. And how was that this year, watching Parker take over? What did, what did that feel like for you? Oh man, it really was freeing. Like I felt like I had so much more time, but also that I could really focus and do my best on my part mm. of what was going on. So that was really nice. And then just seeing how much energy he brought to practice every single day was really great for me. Is it kind of weird though, like taking a step back from like not exactly like really having your hands in there though, like you know, for the coaching aspect for Valley because you've been coaching there for years. Yeah. Like as far as I can remember, is it kind of weird though taking a step back and like having somebody else kind of 
take the reins on coaching Valley's boys team? It was strange in that some of the players that I had coached in the past were still on the team. Mm. And they said, hey, Ridgeway, you're going to stick around and you're going to hang out and you know practice with us? And I said, no, I'm kind of taking a step back from that. And, you know, Parker, he's a good guy. Ryan, he's a good guy. They're going to take care of you. And so it was a little disappointing at times that I mm. wasn't able to give that sort of time to those guys. But I was really lucky in that I've had a couple of big senior classes graduate lately. So I got to see those guys through. Unfortunately, the worst thing that happened this year this past couple of years was the class that I started coaching their freshman year. I did not get to see them their senior season because of the 2020 uh, thing. COVID, yeah. um, so that really stunk. And I think for a lot of people that hurt their, um, their drive to keep rugby going sometimes. So like, mm. I think we're, we're seeing a resurgence now, a yeah. lot of new guys hopping in there, but yeah, it was really tough. Yeah. Cause like after COVID too, like didn't we have like a pretty big drop off in high school teams? Oh yeah. yeah like yeah. a decent amount of teams that folded. There was, there was three classes for boys. Yeah. One a two a three a they had to drop down to two classes there was only six one a class or six one a teams mm. and no it was six and twelve yeah. so there I was only there was like over 30 teams at one point and then it was down to like 18 or 20? 18 yeah. yep yep so they were at over 30 and then they dropped down to 18 uh, and that's something i want to talk about here in a little bit is about how we can grow that but that i mean that is i think something that's so huge is only two returners came back to Valley. So two returning players, Parker with that fire, that energy, he hit up Instagram, he reached out to kids at Valley, got a lot of football players and wrestlers excited about it. And so I think we saw a drop off, like COVID hit, eh, the excitement for rugby went down. Mm. And then you had some young guy, Parker, who's really good at social media, who's really good at taking highlight videos, got kids excited about it and we saw some different level of athletes that came out for valley rugby and it was it was cool to see it was yeah. cool to see parker do that and you know now also carl, <laughs> carl. Uh, and jacob uh they're going to be playing with the wombats over the summer how does that feel you are going to <laughs> potentially play with some of your former players uh, well, just learning that right now, that's awesome. And I know we already got Javi here. I was just going to say, you um, used to coach Javi. <laughs> yeah, I'm just at the point now where I've been coaching long enough that I'm starting to see these kids like come back from college and uh, you know just come out straight out of high school and join the team. So that's really awesome to see. I feel like I can really like, continue the work that I got going. And man, going back to Parker and what he's done for the team this year, like one thing that I fell short on, I think, was their social media presence. And I, I didn't realize how much that mattered. Um, and bringing kids in. Like. As a teacher, that matters so much to kids. It's yeah. all about here now, who can see yeah. me, how many shares did my Instagram story get, and as much as we hate it, it is where we have to live with high school kids. It's frustrating for us old guys, but it Brian, means so much to me. You love it. No, I mean, I love like it. You're the best. Yeah, yeah. You need somebody on a rugby team who loves that stuff. I, I don't. Yeah. And so that's why I'm in the same boat. <laughs> I fell short when I was coaching is like the recruiting aspect, bringing kids in, making snappy comp, like uh, content on, on Instagram. Snappy so. content. You sound old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What an 80-year-old man thing to say. Uh, <laughs> All these young whippersnappers. Uh, yeah. yeah, and that's the thing, too. Like Phil said, congratulations. You are a brand. You are the newest father on the West Des Moines yeah. Wombats. Uh, and I know that took up a lot of your time as well, where it's like, how in the world am I going to have a child be born during the season, and how can I coach every single day? So how's fatherhood been? Uh, it's been really great, besides the lack of sleep. Uh, yeah, it's like the coolest thing in the world. I mean, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it just always kind of makes me wonder if it's like obviously great as a son and another baby on the way and uh, yeah, doses. 
And uh, you obviously have a baby too. You know, it's always kind of weird to like. A lot of baby wombats. Yeah, a lot of baby wombats. It's kind of a weird thing to think about, like how do you balance all that? You know, like as a Family Guy, and then like wombats, high school, work, working out. Well, that's where where I think the wombats came in because before this, I was playing at Des Moines, and you know that takes up a little more time. They practice twice a week. They play at a higher level, so you have to travel a little bit farther, and that's where. You know, the Wombats came in for me was like, okay, we only practice one day a week, yeah. and we don't travel as far for games, and so, okay, I think I can swing that with having a kid. And like, I can't really justify going, you know, to Chicago or Minneapolis and spending the night there with the boys when, you know, I got the baby at home that yeah. needs fed three times a night, so. Yeah, definitely, and I think that's where the whole idea of the Wombats came, where it's like, it's not fair. I, I want to keep playing rugby, but it's not fair to the team I'm on if I can only be there. Once a week, or I haven't even been to a wombats practice in three weeks because yeah, you're supposed to be here last week. What the hell? I know. I you know we're we're prepping the nursery upstairs. Yeah. We're we're getting things ready for baby number two, mm-hmm. and that's the whole point behind the wombats was we want to be involved in rugby. We want to do good at rugby, but also we also have to realize time is valuable, yeah. and we also have growing families and jobs and. And we just can't commit to that. And instead of letting someone else down, why not make something where the expectations aren't as high? Mm-hmm. And expectations of time. Obviously, when we still step out on the field on Saturdays, we want to win that match. Yeah. You know, so, but the time expectations are lower. So, yeah, balancing that, that's tough. And do you, do you still find time to work out and things like that? Like, you're, <laughs> you're a pretty fit fella. Well, as you know, Mr. Gray, uh, I'm a member of CrossFit 8035, thanks to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Abby Jorgensen, 5 a.m. crew. Yeah, it's t- it's tough getting up at 4, going there at 5, but yeah, somehow I still do find time. You guys are wild. I don't know how you guys do 5 a.m. I don't know how like, you work out at 9 p.m. Dude, a lot of caffeine. <laughs> I've been in bed for 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was, once you have a kid, you're like, can I go to bed yet? Oh, it's 8 o'clock. Yeah. I, like, no, if it's 6.45. Yeah. If, <laughs> if I'm... Awake past eight thirty, it's a miracle. Like when yeah. you said you went to a party bus last night, I'm like, what time did you get on the party bus? Well, we didn't do a party bus; we did a bar crawl. Oh my god! What time did that start? Uh, I think it technically started at seven, but uh, me and D hung out at my house a little bit, drinking this uh, Knob Creek for a little bit before we went out. It was pretty good, but yeah, no, that was like around like seven ish, you know? Yeah, Lex and I were in bed. Kobe, we put him down at like 7.30. We were watching Billy Madison and fell asleep by 8.15 on a Friday night, Saturday night. Hey, dude, I've had those nights too, though. You know, like, go to bed at like 8, 9 o'clock once in a while when I've (laughs) been in a long week, so. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, you obviously know Ridgeway. Like, do you lose track of your days now? I do. I used to have a very tight schedule, and now sometimes I wake up and I go, "What day is it? What time is it?" <laughs> yeah, you're, Am you're I supposed to be at work. Yeah, <laughs> your brain just goes like, "Is the baby okay? Okay, what do I need? To, oh, uh, time to uh, baby. What do you need? Him first, then everything else." Yep. Yeah. So going back to high school rugby, though, you've been in the league for a long time. Mm-hmm. You actually started your playing career right with the Des Moines High School team. How was what was that like? So you were one of the very last guys to play high school fifteens yeah. in Iowa. What did they call that again? Well, yeah. What, what was, was the name the of that? Des Moines Chaos. Chaos. Yeah, was okay. it was awesome. I started playing in 08, my sophomore year. Played three straight years, and it was really cool because we had guys that went to Valley, 
Dowling, Waukee, really like all the metro schools were free to come to Des Moines and play mm-hmm. there. So I got to know a lot of guys that I wouldn't have known otherwise. And we were really, really good. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember playing Ames and Grinnell, winning a couple of state championships. Um, so yeah, I mean, there weren't very many teams. Wasn't so Jer- like, well, I mean, still don't know. Was yeah, it, yeah. Wasn't Jeremy on your team? Newman? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's uh, Him and all of his cousins and his brother, like they, <laughs> no, for real, they yeah. all played, didn't they? Like, Yeah, it was like him and Grant Stefan, those guys were the reason. Gimli? Like, Gimli. Gimli. Yeah. Shout out Gimli. All those guys are the reason I went to UNI in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really? That was, that was your primary influence to go to UNI? Well, yeah, they played, I played with them in high school. I wanted to go somewhere where I knew some of the guys still. And Oh, no shit. I, and, hey, I did not know that. And you want to know something else? <laughs> Speaking of nicknames, do you know what Ridgeway's first nickname was? Uh-huh. What was it? <laughs> well, I don't really know which one it was because it was Andrew Ridgeway. <laughs> no, 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 just wait. It was Andrew Ridgeway. Matt Soliday and Eric Hendershot. And they were three Des Moines boys who all played for the Des Moines Chaos. They were all together all the time. And nobody could figure out their names because they were always together. Like three skinny white kids. (laughs) And they all looked the same at the time. Same haircut. Buzz goods. (laughs) (laughs) Tic-tac-toe. Hey, where's Tic-tac-toe? Uh, yeah, and because we all responded to any one of those because we all so desperately wanted to be on the field. Yep. Anytime any one of it, like, hey, Tick, all three of us would go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, like, no one had a specific, like, there wasn't like Tick was him, Tack was Tick, Tack, Toe. It was Ridgeway, Hendershot, and Soliday. And uh, that was, it's so funny to look back on that. Like, there was three people with one nickname. <laughs> <laughs> I sought to change that pretty quick. Yeah. Oh man, that was that was really funny. I I do remember one of my first memories of Ridgeway. We were up in I don't know if you remember this. We went to the Wayne State tournament, oh, yeah. and it snowed. <laughs> and you were a freshman, and I don't know how old I was, but I was there, and I was still fighting for time. It was my sophomore year, but I went to DMAC year before, so I was kind of a junior. But everyone thought I was a sophomore. Anyways, we're standing in one of those um, trailer cube things because it was so windy and cold. I remember that. Yep. And we're like, and then we were going to go to a bar in between games. And that's when Big Z cheek tricked a girl. And then the husband wanted to fight him because he kissed his <laughs> wife on the lips. Anyways, um, they had 23 jerseys <laughs> and they always announced the top 15. And they're like, oh, everyone else just grab jerseys. And I remember there's one jersey left and me and Ridgeway both went for the oh, same no. one. And we're both like, no, <laughs> I get it. No, I get it. And then it was like, we looked to like the older classmen, like who gets it? And they're like, we don't care. It's Wayne State. This doesn't matter. <laughs> but to us, it mattered so much. Like, oh, like, do you remember that? Yeah. It, it's so weird looking back <laughs> on those times when you were so desperate just to get a jersey uh, yeah. on. And, like, now that I've been playing for so many years, sometimes I'm just like, yeah, if I don't play this one, whatever. It's like, <laughs> okay. To, to, to the younger guys, like, gosh, that matters so much. Yeah. Oh, God, it's tough to remember that sometimes. Yeah. Mm. Just to, like, just the journey. And that's where, like, the B-side boys and, like, we say, like, Fresh Legs, Fresh Legs, Fresh Legs. That comes from Ben Villam. He played at UNI. He was a year older than me. And we were always, like, playing the B-side, but we'd also play in the A-side matches as well. But we'd always stand behind Coach Halsey. And when he was, like, looking around to make a sub, like, "Ah, I need someone – me and Ben would just go, fresh legs. Hey, coach, fresh legs, fresh legs. We got fresh legs. And uh, my legs weren't that fresh, but that's where it came from. But good good times. Wayne State. Yeah. How, what's your favorite memory of the Wayne State tournament? Oh, gosh. 
Because we'd been there in college. Yeah. We went there with Bremer. Yeah, yeah. We'd been there with you. I like, would say there was one year after I graduated and my brother came to play at UNI. And he was a <laughs> freshman and I was kind of just traveling with the team. Already graduated, threw on a jersey, and I got to play with him. Um, even though I had like a super badly pulled hamstring. So I was basically just walking around the field throwing vicious stiff arms the whole time. <laughs> I got to play with my brother. And like we both assisted each other on tries. And that was probably the most fun I ever had at Wayne State. Where Those are called punches. He's living in Texas. He's in Texas. Yeah. Okay. Is he playing rugby in Texas at all? He is no. not. No. He works manual labor, so he can't really work in here. Work manual labor? Yeah. <laughs> he hasn't found a team. I'm going to have to give him shit. Yeah, yeah. Get on him about it. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, that's the first part of the interview with Andrew Ridgeway. Check back in Thursday for part two. Javi, hit the music! <laughs> all right. I like the yell. <laughs> There's more about high school rugby stuff. Right, and that was the end of the first part of our interview with Andrew Ridgway. Oh, good dude. What yeah. a guy. What a guy. Love him. Yeah, it was pretty awesome that he's really stepped up and helped us out this past year, being our coach and everything. It's It's been great. I yeah. love it. Not going to lie, I always thought in my head, I'm like, oh, no, we got so many guys who know rugby. Like, we'll just coach by committee. And that was... That doesn't fucking work. That doesn't work. No, not at all. We found that out real quick. Yeah. And so, like, to have someone like him where it's like, no, I I do presidential stuff. You do social stuff. uh, He does coaching stuff. You need that hierarchy. You learn trial trial by fire, you Mm -hmm. know? And he's really pushed us forward on the pitch so that's awesome that's always the thing always constantly learning oh yeah and so looking forward june 4th we kind of start the summer Mm -hmm. season june 4th northeast iowa has their leather ball tens tournament yeah Uh, that's always a great time unfortunately the wombats will not be at the leather balls this year just don't quite have the commitment for we got some guys some prior obligations and there's also a select side that weekend too yeah, that's in Chicago, right? The mm-hmm. Midwest Thunderbirds select side ID camp. Yeah. What, we have like six, seven guys going to that? Uh, potentially, yeah. I think it was somewhere between like five to seven guys from the uh, select side team that are going to be going to that. Not 100% sure on specifically who gets to go, but there's some talk and some names that are getting submitted. So yeah. we'll see from there. But, you know, a lot of teams should definitely go to that Leatherball uh, tense tournament in Decorah. It's beautiful country up there it's a good tournament it's really fun i mean it's a great time you know it's very yeah. scenic maybe um, maybe go trout fishing up there you know go see the eagle's nest <laughs> i mean i feel like last year a lot of our guys their first like rugby experiences were the leatherball tens tournament and that's always a good time good dudes up there love the northeast iowa guys so if you want to go up there i'm sure if your team isn't sending a team you can just head up there by yourself and I'm sure a team will take you. So oh, yeah. make sure to get up to Northeast Iowa, Decora. Check that out. Always a good time. Uh, yeah. And so pretty much that's all we got for this episode here. So thanks, everybody, for joining us. Phil, how are we feeling? I'm feeling pretty good, dude. Uh, yeah, that was a great interview. I'm really excited for everybody to hear it. Yeah. No, we hearing from Luke Schmidt, the excitement of a national <laughs> champion. Hearing from Andrew Ridgway, part one of his interview. A lot of good stuff. So thank you again, everybody, for joining us. Uh, Again, join us on Thursday for part two. We will see you there. We are the B-Side Boys Boys. (laughs) with our fresh legs. Fresh, fresh legs.
legs, fresh legs, fresh legs. Phil, the music, the music. No, that's that's what I do. <laughs> Phil, say something funny. Something funny. There you go. Play the music, Javi. <laughs> God, we got to work on this. <laughs>